For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Welcome to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. I'm your host, Larry Linton, and on this podcast, we'll be talking about, yep, you guessed it, liberty, leadership, and lies. More importantly, how the liberty, leadership, and lies apply to our government at the federal and state levels. So stand by as we kick off this episode. Episode 9, Leadership. Welcome back to another episode of the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio here in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and on the web at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Well, during many of my engagements as a leadership consultant, as well as my time on active duty and leadership positions, I would always be on the lookout for what is called normalization of deviance. This is where my questioning attitude always helped, and if you have a questioning attitude, it'll help you too. When you have this questioning attitude, you notice changes in the way things operate or how plans are being executed outside the scope of any briefing, where people deviate from the norms. I mainly looked at normalization of deviance from a safety standpoint, but it can be applied to society as a whole too. Normalization of deviance has been happening in every facet of our society, from voter apathy all the way up to how the aristocracy and the media operate today. I can remember in elementary school where our teachers really taught us civics. Our histories or our social studies classes focused on the uniqueness of this great experiment in self-governance, starting with the Declaration of Independence, going over the Articles of Confederation and the Constitution, as well as the Bill of Rights, all the way up until the present time, which was back then in the 80s. Now think about what is being taught in many of our schools today. Curriculum like the 1619 Project, Critical Race Theory, Common Core, and it goes on and on and on. It's a normalization of deviance. From elected officials following their oaths to the Constitution to now, where these same officials, this new aristocracy, They pass artfully named bills that serves to erode our liberties. The nightly news and newspapers will report the facts, and only the facts, 
and let us decipher them or interpret them about any newsworthy story at the time. But now, what do you see? The masses are told what to think and how to feel. And if you do not think and feel the way you're being told to, you're labeled a racist, a bigot, or some type of phobe. Or when Christian churches and their parishioners worshipped free from government interference, where almost every Christian denomination believed the entire Holy Bible was God-inspired word given to man, not just the four books of the gospel. So-called Christian churches now believe some of the word of God is outdated in order for them to justify behaviors. Now, I'm not condemning certain sins here, but we're all sinners saved by God's mercy and grace every day. But those same people who condemn others for their outdated beliefs are also hypocrites. Accept me for who I am, they say, yet they will not accept Christians for who they are. Bigoted behavior on their part as well, wouldn't you agree? Words mean things, so what is the definition of a bigot? A bigot is a person who is utterly intolerant of any differing creed, belief, or opinion. So those people, and certain others in the new aristocracy and media that call Christians bigots, are being utterly intolerant of our beliefs. In other words, they're being a bigot. But being anti-Christian is now being woke, so don't worry about it. You can go make your TikTok video bashing Christians and you are a woke hero. But now, reaching back to the last episode on leadership, we talked about culture. And if you recall, I stated that if you wanted to affect change in an organization, no matter the size of it, you must first change the culture. We have seen how that has been happening in our constitutional republic for many decades now. It is a normalization of deviance. I'm not a sociologist, so I'm not sure when the culture started to change, but we can see that it's happening all around us. The pandemic demonstrated that many parts of our unique American culture were perfectly willing to submit to government restrictions of our basic liberties. A culture of apathy towards our founding principles. A culture of apathy towards our responsibilities and duties as the citizen sovereign in our constitutional republic. Think back to the founding of our republic, or further back, to the time of the pilgrims. Why were they fleeing Europe, and in particular, England? Well, freedom of worship was one of the biggest motivators for the search of a place where individuals could worship our creator free from a king's or a government's control. This pandemic of 2020 saw churches across our nation either voluntarily shutter themselves or were shuttered by the government's unconstitutional mandates at the local, state, and federal level. It is hard to imagine that churches, places of refuge during times of trouble throughout human history, would voluntarily shutter themselves out of fear. How did pastors, ministers, priests allow this emotional response to overcome their faith? What did they fear? These people in leadership positions of churches all over the country succumbing to fear had still has, and will have a long-lasting impact on their congregations. Because remember, fear is as contagious as courage. Small cultural changes over decades in our country, normalization of deviance, and across the globe have occurred to the point where churches have succumbed to the culture. It was most likely not fear of the virus, but fear over the culture's perception of the church 
standing on the principle of faith over fear. Their fear of losing standing in the culture led them to losing their positions of calling or their fear of being called out as reckless with people's health. And succumbing to this fear as an individual, these leaders contributed to and fed their congregation's fears instead of feeding their faith. My pastor has talked about this in several messages, and it relates to the people's spiritual rhythm. I know you can see it happening, too. People all over this country and around the world are losing their spiritual rhythm, or they've lost it completely, all due to fear. Fear by the church, fear by the people, fear fed by the government. And these flames of fear are fed by the aristocracy and their media handlers. Why? Remember to always ask the why. A society living in fear is more easily controlled. In fact, the KGB ran studies, well not studies, they actually did experiments on how using fear caused them to control a population. So this fear caused people to turn from their faith-based foundations to reliance and belief in the government as their rescuer, as their savior. Church doors are closed, but the government's still operating. What message does that send? What culture does that create? Well, it creates a culture in which reliance on the government overcomes a reliance on faith. Our ancestors, our founding fathers, would be ashamed. Also, more troubling is norms have changed. Accepted behaviors have changed. Accepted language has changed. Heck, more than just accepted language, language itself is being changed. Words are taking on new meanings, new definitions. And that is a huge part of changing the culture. Altering the words and their meanings. Changing the language. Redefining words and actions. And sometimes it's becoming so overplayed that it's ridiculous too. We've discussed how the word racist has taken on new meanings. In fact, it has become just a declaratory word used to shut down dialogue. Oh my gosh, somebody will call me a racist if I provide facts and logic during a discussion. Can't have that. The normal, maybe outdated now, definition of a racist was a person who believes in racism the doctrine that one's own racial group is superior or that a particular racial group is inferior to the others. In the new woke culture, apparently everything is racist. I mean, I'm not kidding. You can just look at the news all over. Evergreen trees may be considered racist. Trees. Trees are racist. If you think I'm kidding, just do an internet search for the phrase, trees are racist. It would be comical to state that in a normal conversation or even a conversation occurring like two decades ago. But there are segments in our society that in the mad dash to be seen as more woke than anybody else, consider evergreen trees as somehow tied to racism or a racist ideology. Or how about the fact that there are debates going on in institutions of higher learning right now around the idea that bathroom soap dispensers are racist. Again, 20 years ago, that would be comical. But that is where we are in society right now. This normalization of deviance. We have deviated from normal discussions and debates on what is wrong in our country to the point where everything is racist. And our children are being taught this garbage. 
They are being taught that racism is so prevalent, so systemic in our society, that it can be found in everywhere we look. Evergreen trees and bathroom soap dispensers. If your worldview lens is guided by the teachings that racism is everywhere, guess what happens? Well, you find racism everywhere, including in inanimate objects and trees. Why is this happening? Ask the why. Well, it's to further divide us into squabbling tribes of the oppressed and oppressor, of course. It reinforces the teaching of the 1619 Project and critical race theory. It divides us. It robs us from finding joy in our true purpose in life. And who benefits? Well, the aristocracy and the media, of course. They benefit because it's all bread and circuses. But sadly, that is where we are today. In 1998, Norm Chomsky, the self-identified libertarian socialist, he said this, and I quote, The smart way to keep people passive and obedient is to strictly limit the spectrum of acceptable opinion, but allow very lively debate within that spectrum, even encourage the more critical and dissident views. That gives people the sense that there's free thinking going on, while all the time the presuppositions of the system are being reinforced by the limits put on the range of the debate. So what does that boil down to? What is he talking about there? He's talking about control and deception. Control the language, control the debate, control the narrative, decide what is talked about, what is acceptable, and to do what? Why? Well, to deceive the people that there is actual free thinking going on. Is there free thinking going on right now where school boards are concerned that people will consider having an evergreen tree as a mascot might be thought of as being racist? Is there free thinking going on when the idea of having to prove you are who you say you are when voting is considered racist? Is there free thinking going on when the corporate training programs have mandatory sessions where their employees are being told to be less white? Is there free thinking going on when students at our colleges and universities are actually debating on how automatic soap dispensers are racist? Nothing to do with the content of our character, but the color of our skin. Notice how Old Gnome describes himself, too. Libertarian socialists? Those two political philosophies are further apart than a Republican and Democrat. That's not saying much in today's political environment. Those two are so closely related because they're in the new aristocracy. All they want is power and control. But libertarians believe that, in politics... Liberty is the most important value. Almost everyone wants freedom for themselves, but a libertarian also seeks to protect and expand the freedom of others. When people are free, we can create a more just, more prosperous, safer, and better world for everyone. Now, socialism, though, is a political, social, and economic philosophy encompassing a range of economic and social systems characterized by social, not individual liberty, Ownership of the means of production. It includes the political theories and movements associated with such systems. So when you boil them two down to the most basic levels, libertarianism is about individual freedom. Socialism is collective slavery. You can be one or the other, but you can't be both. 
It's an example of trying to control or change the language. Describing yourself as political spectrum opposites panders to both sides. Individual liberty and social slave. The term normalization of deviance was used by a sociologist by the name of Diane Vaughn. She used it to describe the process in which deviance from correct or proper behavior becomes normalized in a corporate culture. But it not only applies to corporate culture, though. It is true in every type of culture. Ms. Vaughn defined it as a process where a clearly unsafe practice comes to be considered normal if it does not immediately cause a catastrophe. Has our political processes endured unsafe practices? Absolutely. Have we had a political catastrophe? I don't know if we've had a catastrophe yet, but it's getting awfully close. Is it unsafe for the electorate to become disengaged from the political process? A lack of involvement by the electorate has led to things such as increasingly higher taxes, the government taking our sweat equity, an enormous and most likely untenable now level of national debt, laws and judicial decisions that are contrary to the Constitution. In fact, they erode our liberty. Unconstitutional actions, not only by elected officials, but political appointees and bureaucrats, especially during this COVID pandemic. Talk of vaccine passports. You must show me your papers. And taking their cues from an overreaching government, social media platforms and mainstream news media silent speech or determine what type of speech is free. Ms. Vaughn cited the events leading to the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster, but the concept certainly applies in almost every aspect of society. Groupthink. Most concerning is in the political realm because it directly impacts our liberty in this constitutional republic. Ms. Vaughn went on to say, Social normalization of deviance means that people within the organization become so much accustomed to a deviation that they don't consider it as deviant, despite the fact that they far exceed their own rules for the elementary safety. So this normalization of deviance leads to groupthink. I think that's where our society is today, this groupthink. Or that if you don't belong to the groupthink, you're a bigot or a whatever they want to call you. Now, human beings, we tend to take shortcuts especially when we're under pressure to meet a deadline, and then we rationalize those shortcuts. These shortcuts become a habit or a new normal over time, most especially when nothing bad happens. The lack of bad outcomes reinforces the process of taking those shortcuts. And in the case of our culture change, these shortcuts or these new group thinks has led to a normalization of the deviance. We don't objectively assess the risk when we take these shortcuts. Now, our republic has allowed the normalization of deviance in choosing apathy over involvement and preserving our unique American culture by not choosing our representatives wisely and in allowing increased government control and whittling away of our liberties. Because nothing bad or too bad has happened so far, right? Well, we can all just look at the year 2020 and do that assessment. 
riots or mostly peaceful protests, lockdowns where the government has determined who is essential and who is not essential, questionable election outcomes, freedoms eroded, and being treated like sheep by the aristocracy, being treated like sheep by the media, being told what to think, how to think, what words to say, what words mean. Let me ask you this question. What happens to the sheep in the end? After we've served our usefulness, we've provided the wool for the coats, what happens at the end? Well, lamb chops, anybody? This normalization of deviance has crept into every aspect of our society. Every single one. From where we work, to how we think, to what we watch. Normalization of deviance. And it's going to lead to the end of this republic. Especially when we don't participate in selecting or vetting our elected representatives. Especially when it comes to not holding those elected representatives accountable for their actions. So we need to stop allowing normalization of deviance. We need to hold true to our principles. So normalization of deviance, or groupthink, is going to be the downfall of the republic. Because this normalization of deviance has allowed apathy. Apathy is now the new norm. So I'd like to leave you all with this for the rest of the week from God's Word. Job 15.35 They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Their womb fashions deceit. Who is they? Well, we are often deceived by the current culture. Who is directing the culture? We are allowing deviance from our uniquely American culture and the founding principles of our constitutional republic to be taught or forced upon us as it is the new norm. It creates trouble and is evil. It is deceitful and will be the end of our great nation unless we, the citizen sovereign, do away with the norm of apathy that has gripped us for decades. Stand in the center of the arena. Be the citizen that strives valiantly to restore America. That is all until next week when we will be discussing lies. I pray you all have a wonderful rest of the week and a great weekend. May the Lord bless and keep you and shine his face upon you. Reveille, it's time to wake up.